Welcome to the Why Don't We Talk podcast with your host, me, Renu Ravalia. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode. So today, our special guest is actually in another country, which is very, very exciting. We've got Subsetum, but before we talk a bit more about her and what she does, I thought I'd tell you what the topic is. So today's topic is, why don't we talk about our emotional well-being? So Subs will tell you a little bit more about why this is important and why we don't talk, but I thought, as always, I would start with a little background, should we say. So not that long ago, I realised, it was a massive realisation that I had been ignoring my own emotions. Now, this is actually quite common. I feel like in life, things happen to us and we're not taught how to deal with them. And as a repercussion, we don't face them. Instead, we ignore them. We ignore them, we avoid them, we do whatever it takes. Unless we have somebody to guide us on how to deal with our emotions, it's very, very, very difficult to do this. And this is what I found that I was doing. It's important to get some help and to get some advice. Um, We cannot go through difficult times on our own. And I think that's very, very important to remember and something that I've learned as well. So there's obviously a reason why we don't talk about our emotions and emotional well-being. It's quite a sensitive subject and I think people still feel very uncomfortable and awkward about it. So I'm really excited about today's talk actually because having a specialist tell us a bit more about this will be really, really helpful for us all. So join me after the break as I speak to Subs Atom and we answer the question, why don't we talk about our emotional well-being? Hi, Subs. How are you? I'm good, honey. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me from Manila, all the way in the Philippines. I'm really looking forward to today's topic. But before we delve into this a bit deeper, can you tell my listeners a bit more about you, your background, and what you do? Okay. Um, I'm a mental, emotional, um, spiritual therapist with um, an integrative nutritionist background, and I also do life coaching. So what does it mean? It means I handle um, the mind, of course, through your inner child. I do inner child therapy and um, the modality that I use is hypnotherapy. So we need to access a lot of the things from childhood or the pain, the pain body, which is inner child. And um, that will shed a lot of answers to why you're feeling a certain way. With that, I see a lot of people do, well, I do metaphor therapy. And in metaphor therapy, I can check the past, the present, and the future using colors and um, drawing. Okay. So how exactly would you help somebody? How, what does that look like? And also for people who've never done any kind of inner child work, can you talk a bit more about that as well? Okay. When you come see me, I'm sure everyone has this issue that they think they do. And when they come see me, we need to, um, I get you to draw, that's SOP. I get you to draw, use colors, and I will interpret your drawing. So I check the past, I'll check where you are right now, and we're going to see the future based on the drawing, and the drawing is coming from your subconscious mind. 
So normally when somebody draws for me, I check if they've, if they're depressed, if they've got anxiety, if they have issues with parents, if they have issues within their own self, if it's a family issue or yeah, I do have clients who are bipolar. So we check on everything and um, we rule stuff out and we come up with a proper plan in therapy. And um, I also do a lot of talk therapy. So what does that mean? It means sometimes we don't need to, we don't need you to um, go immediately into hypnotherapy. So just like speaking to you, like um, what are the things that's bothering you and making, making sense of why you're in this situation in the first place. So that's normally like the first few sessions and then it progresses um, as we delve deeper into all of this. Okay. And what about the inner child work? What does that mean for somebody who has never, ever? So I guess I'll, I'll tell you a bit about what happened to me. So I was doing, it was during a meditation session, I think or an energy healing session. And I had this sudden realization that I have basically, and I know a little bit about inner child work. I don't know a lot. So I'm quite looking forward to hearing this, but I realized that, um, that my inner child, there's certain things that she loves doing. And I feel like I've kind of stopped her from doing this stuff. And I feel like it was to protect her. Um, she has a very loud voice and she wants to be heard. And part of the reason I'm doing all the stuff I'm doing at the moment is because I feel like it's now time for me to stop protecting her doesn't really make sense to me, I have to be honest. I don't know where it's come from. I just have this feeling deep down inside. And I'm, there's going to be people listening who don't necessarily understand what that means. So can you tell people a bit more about how our inner children affect our lives now and a bit more about just inner child work and what people can do, etc.? Okay. So, for example, um, I'll give you... I'll make, I'll make your uh, listeners understand critical filter first. So fourth month of pregnancy of your mom with you up until you're seven years old, your, your mind is a sponge. So what you see, what you hear, what you're told goes into your critical filter and that becomes, it shuts on your seventh birthday. And what that means is that becomes your reality. So for example, you have a child who's, I don't know, maybe three and you're pitted against your sister, or you're pitted against your brother, or let's say you have a caregiver that says, you're not so smart after all. I mean, we talk about feelings here. How do, let's process how this three-year-old is feeling. Mm. So that goes into their critical filter. And when that goes into the critical filter, it's not a good, um, it's not a good memory to have. It's something that's sad. It's, it's not right. It's bad. So what happens is when it closes at seven, that becomes a reality. And then as we go into the real world, it's still there. It never went away. It's still there. And then later on, we, we hear like, let's say our boss says, you're slow, you're this, you're that. And it's like, man, do I know what this feels like? But you can't quite understand it because it's like, it's stemming from somewhere. So inner child, actually, when we say inner child, your last inner child was yesterday. Every single day. So when I say child, it doesn't mean child. It means in the words of Eckhart Tolle, it's pain body. So pain body and inner children are the same thing. So when we have pain body, when we have our emotions that we don't deal with, when we have this memory that we tend to block out or a painful situation that happens to us, like um, a breakup, or um, we see our parents getting divorced, 
or a friend says they don't want to be friends with us anymore. It affects us as human beings. And that's a pain body because it's not processed. So what do we do in therapy? We tap into the subconscious and the subconscious is going to guide us as to why we're making these choices in the first place. And they will, it will show us our inner children that are crying. They feel bad. They feel emotional. And there was never an outlet for them to say what they wanted to say at that moment, or there's never an outlet for them to just be and feel. So when we do hypnotherapy, we access those inner children so that you get the cathartic release that you need. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to keep screaming, crying. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fester and it's going to stay there for a long time. And that's why adults get paralyzed because of this that happened in the past, in your childhood. Not necessarily just childhood, even like adulthood. But would you say that what happens sort of between that zero and seven stage, everything else kind of layers on top of that? So like there'll be that one experience that has happened and then because we don't know how to deal with that feeling that we felt there'll be layers and layers of other stuff that happen later that basically all stem from that one childhood experience. Is that, is, is that how it works? Yes. hundred percent. Um, and then some, and then it births another experience altogether. So it's going to be like, see, I knew you didn't love me. See, I knew you didn't, um, support me. It's all these limiting beliefs that we're working with right now, which, where did it stem from? It stemmed from your, your primitive, years, which is like when you're a child. So, um, that's why like, um, when we have adults that are looking to heal themselves, the most important thing also, when they come to me, I, I, I explain the metaphysical meaning. Mm. So for example, when somebody comes to me with anxiety or depression, or they have even cancer as an issue or fibromyalgia or MS or anything, there is a mental and there's an emotional and there's a physical meaning. So the mental, you have to explain to them why this has happened. And there's always an attached emotional meaning to this physical. They may know what that means. So the most important thing is giving light on the mental and the emotional aspect. Then they get their aha moment. Yes, because you're, it's like a puzzle and you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together. This way, we don't blame anybody, but we just constantly heal and heal and heal. And so many people are like, yeah, you know, you're right. I felt this at four years old. And I'll give you a quick, uh, I'll give you a quick um, uh, story here. Um, so this client came to me and said, you know, um, the client's already like in late 40s. And the client said that, came to me with this issue that, I know so many people, I party everywhere in the world, blah, blah, blah. But why do I feel like I'm still the saddest person on earth? So when we traced it, we traced it to when he was two months old and the mother who was this model in Europe didn't want to lift him because he had a problem. He had an issue with his appearance. And as a child, you want touch. You need touch and not even as a child, even as adults, that's a love language. So he didn't feel it. He didn't get it. And it was so freaky. That session was so wild that he even saw the name of the doctor 
and he was two months. So he called his mom and he said, mom, is this the name of the doctor that, you know, helped me with my appearance? The mom didn't remember. She said, you know, give me some time. She went through old stuff and checked. And yes, that was the name because he saw it because you take them back to that scenario and he sees everything and he himself, the client themselves fixes what they need to fix. And they heal at that moment and they bring that forward. So that's basically just a quick story as to how powerful using our mind is. Um, you can go anywhere you want to go. So let me just clarify this. So you, they draw, they, you figure out where they want to go. And then through hypnotherapy, you take them back to that place based on um, a belief or a, a feeling is that correct is that right I'm just trying to sort of logically kind yeah. of uh, make under like understand so, the process basically yeah yeah the inner child will will come okay we don't need to look for them they will come and they will sort themselves out okay. because if they know that the person really wants to deal and to heal they will come up on their own mm-hmm. now if there's a sticky situation here then we then I need to command that child to come up but in the first few rounds we want it to be very organic come up whoever wants to come up let it come up sometimes they're shocked like oh wow like i have a client who's 50 and you know a a four-year-old came up and it's like i don't remember this but that's so important because she didn't she didn't her mom didn't accompany her to school so she was constantly let alone and she had classmates there And um, she always felt alone. And that's why there's this feeling of hers at 50. Why do I still feel like there's this thing inside of me? And when when we capture that, when we get that, we make sense of everything. And then we learn. We learn. So we don't place blame on anybody. Most importantly, we don't blame ourselves. We just keep moving forward. We learn, we heal, we grow. We don't blame nobody, no parents, nothing, because they can only give you the love that they got themselves. Mm. So that's why reparenting is also very important. Now, we, we, it doesn't mean that you're going to go reparent your parents. You can reparent yourself. Mm. And if your parents are still alive, you can show them what it's like to be loved mm. because they were children once upon a time as well. Mm. Okay. Um, just wanted to go back because you mentioned Eckhart Tolle and you said pain body. Is that from the power of now or is that a different? Yeah. Okay. So I just thought there might be listeners who will not understand that. But yeah, I've read the power of now. Um, it's quite a confusing book, to be honest, but I think I need to reread it. Um, something else I wanted to go back on, actually, is limiting beliefs. What does that mean for people, again, who have no idea what limiting beliefs are? And how does this affect you and the way you live your life? Again, we're going to talk about limiting beliefs as it stems from somewhere from, from like, let's say example, a child wanted to do this, but was told you're not good enough for it, or, um, you're not smart enough for it. And you grow, the child grows up feeling, well, I'm not smart enough, so I can't do this. So progress into, um, uh, adulthood. And there's always this, this thing that I can't do it because I know I'm going to fail, but where did this come from? It came from somebody's belief that you were going to fail at a young age, but it's not yours. It's theirs, but you made it your truth. So it became your identity that I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this because, you know, uh, that's why, um, because uh, I was told by 
a caregiver that if I, if, if I do this, I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. So what happens when somebody speaks to us that way, there's fear. So we don't venture, we don't try. Mm-hmm. So that's our limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. we are, are, we can't go as, as vast as we want to go, or we, we can't go as, as freely as we want to, because sometimes we have these people from our past that tells us this and we then think, yeah, you know what? They're probably right. Mm. And so let's not do it. So then you never take a chance. So we now, never kind of push to our greatest potential because of these beliefs that we've absorbed as young children have basically limited us from getting any further, basically. Exactly. Okay. Completely. hundred percent. Okay. So why is it important to release emotion and what impact does holding on to it have on our general well-being from like a body, mind, soul level? All right. Why do we need to release our emotions? Because if you don't, if it, it fester inside of you, then you're going to basically implode or explode one day. And when you do implode, you're not at ease. So there is dis-ease. You're opening yourself up to diseases. Remember what I said, every single disease has a mental and emotional and physical meaning to it. Mm. I'll give you a little something P- um, so people can really identify. Mm. Example right now, um, coronavirus, right? Coronavirus is, it affects the lungs. We know that to be true and it affects the gut as well. Every emotion has a corresponding place in the body. Grief, sadness, unprocessed emotions stay in the lungs. Mm. Now, anger, resentment, jealousy, rage stays in the liver. Fear is in the kidneys. So when we don't release it, we're also damaging our own health. Mm. And this festers and it festers. And you can't tell me that, okay, one time, just one grief and that's it. If that's, if that's it, okay, nothing's going to happen to you. But as a human being, how many emotions do we go through on a daily basis? Mm. Sadness, rejection, um, um, anxiety, um, anger, resentment, whatever it is. And the list goes on every single day and it gets stored in the body. Mm. So we don't, then there is this ease. Mm. So that's why when somebody comes to me, I always ask them, tell me your presenting issue. So when they say, for example, I have an issue, I don't know, for example, depression. All right. So we understand depression to be, truthfully, the opposite parent. It's an issue with regard to the opposite parent. So if I'm a girl, it's an issue with a father. Mm. If you're a boy, it's an issue towards your mother. When you don't deal with that issue, it's going to spiral into your adult relationship, meaning your husband or your wife. And it was never meant for the spouse. It was meant for the parent. Mm. No, it doesn't mean that the child is upset with a parent. It just means that you need to find a way to let all that go. When you don't let that go, it messes you up completely. And you don't go on to live your best life. So there's no purpose and you can't even live whatever it is that you're meant to do in this life because there's always something holding you back. Hmm. So you need to release your emotions because hmm. if you don't, it's such a waste. You have such hmm. a beautiful life. Hmm. Yeah, that makes it's gonna, a lot of sense. It's just gonna constantly play. It's gonna, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a recorder. It's just constantly playing and playing and playing and playing. Why do you want that? 
Yeah. Yeah, I get that completely. And I think this is the thing, you know, you you know you've come into this, again, from a spiritual perspective, you've come into this world to learn stuff and to, like you said, live your best life. And if you're not able to do that, then it does feel a bit, it feels like, it feels like you're not reaching that place that you could reach. And all because you're being limited by things that aren't even really beliefs that are yours, which is just really sad, isn't it, really? It's sad, but at least it's nice mm. to know that people want to sh shift. They want to learn. They want to evolve. And this is a fantastic place to start because the minute you, it's like this. I'm going to ask you, Reino. It's like when you have a home, you're going to clean, right? Mm. Let's say you pick up everything, you put it in a bag, but it's still sitting in the, it's still sitting on your stoop or it's still sitting there um, in your front lawn. Can you honestly say that you've done a good job? It's still there. Mm. You have to physically take it and bring it out. Or for example, you clean the kitchen, but you don't sweep or you don't like tidy things up. So what good, did, what good is it? Mm. This is the same thing. As we clean our body, you know, we have um, physical hygiene. We need to have mental, emotional, spiritual hygiene as well constantly get stuff out, deal with it. It's very painful, but yet I like to tell my clients or my patients, look at the reward because mm. you're going to go and live your best life. Mm. So it's like constantly cleaning and decluttering and making sense of the situation. Yes. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of cathartic release and you just basically, you know, get it all out of you. And then what do you need to fill in? So tell me who's Renu. Renu's yeah. a beautiful soul. She's fantastic. She's a lovely girl. She can do anything that she wants to do. She's capable of anything because those are your beliefs. You have to get rid of the, of the old beliefs that you thought were correct mm. because somebody told you. Mm. So you, you have to get that out in order to make your own assumptions of yourself, your own beliefs of yourself, because it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of kindness and compassion. It's not somebody else's belief of you. And we're running, most of humanity is running on that belief. So it's so sad because even when people are angry, it's like, are you sure like you're angry or there's just too much of that emotion inside of you and it's just spilling out mm. about it. Because when, we, when I deal with this, I'm like, this is not your anger. This is like your wife's anger that you picked up. And they cry and they're like, how did I do that? That's energy. Mm. That's, why we, that's why we often say, I don't want to sit beside a person who's negative. Because everything is energy. Money's energy. We're energy. Food is energy. Everything is energy. Mm. So that's why it's so nice, especially now. People want to do the yoga. You know, they want to they meditate. They want to learn. And it's fantastic because we're all here. And the most important thing is like, for example, for me, I've done the work and I'm still doing the work every day. So I show up for myself. I know whatever happened in the past happened. I've dealt with it. So now I can show up for other people. But on the side, I'm working on my spiritual growth because that's my project for myself. But whatever happened to me, I made my peace with it and I'm okay. The most important thing is that you keep healing, keep healing. And you're not doing it for anybody but yourself. They say, don't they, you can't heal others unless you heal yourself first. So everything has Absolutely. to start with you. And I believe very, very strongly that it's got to start with you. And I do lots of stuff myself as well, because I know in order to give, I can only, 
I can only give once I've given to myself first. And that's a very, I feel like that whole concept is still quite new to people, new to so many of us, actually, you know, like give to yourself, what does that mean? Like, it's quite a hard one to understand and to giving to yourself is something that I feel is like, you feel like you're being selfish or something. Again, because this was what they told us, right? Give to others before you give to yourself. But that makes no sense because you have to love yourself first. Why is it whenever we fly, the first thing they say is, please take care of yourself before you put the oxygen onto the kid. Because guess what? If you don't make it, the kid doesn't doesn't have a bright future in the first place. Love yourself. Honor yourself. No matter what you've been through, whatever it is that you've been through, it's okay. You know, it's okay. It's fine. You're going to get through this. That's the most important thing. Love yourself. Love does not exist without compassion. It's true. Those, they, those two need to be together. Love and compassion. Be kind. We're not kind to ourselves. We're so quick to judge and berate ourselves. We will never speak kindly about ourselves, but to, about other people, for sure. We're going to say the nicest thing, but about ourselves, we're like, no. And even compliments, somebody compliments you and they're like, no, absolutely not. This is not like this. And it's, it's just take a compliment, you know, just, just chill. And this is all from, it stems from somewhere in your childhood. And Sadly, when you, you grow up and you become parents, it passes on to your kids. Mm-hmm. Unless you decide, today it stops with me. Yeah. Because I didn't benefit from this. Again, there's no pl- blame towards the parents. When you know it to be true, this is what you do, and then so on. You don't repeat that cycle to your kids. Mm-hmm. And that's where this whole conscious parenting comes in, doesn't it? Where you're like very conscious of what you're doing to enable that it doesn't affect your children the way you're not projecting onto them what you was projected onto you, basically. Yes. When you do conscious parenting, there should not be any fear as well. Mm. You should just do it from a place of love. Okay. Because if you're there's fear, it's very palpable. You think your kids can feel it, they can feel it. They can feel it, yeah. That's that's interesting. Um so the last question and the one we always ask is why don't we talk about emotions, emotional well-being? I believe that we've probably, I went into a little bit during the introduction and I think it's to do with, I personally think it's to do with just feeling uncomfortable um, and we aren't always encouraged to talk as well. I think one really, really good example that I've sort of, I think I've heard somewhere recently is that when you like, when you cry, somebody will say, oh, don't cry. And you're like, okay, I'll stop. And then it becomes normal mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be crying. And what I've been trying to do recently is if people get upset, I'm like, let it out. Just let it out. Cry. Mm-hmm. Because if we can change the way we feel about that, then maybe we'll be talking about emotions first and not feeling uncomfortable when we do let them out. But from your opinion, why do you think people don't talk about this? Why don't they talk about their emotions? Because, again, it's exactly what you just said. Um, the fear of judgment. We're so quick to judge. So why are you crying? You know, you have it, you have it great. You have a, you have a good husband. You have a good life. You are loved. You have a family that loves you. What do you have to to complain about? Why are you crying? So it doesn't become a safe space for us to just, can I just like tell you how I feel without you judging me? Yeah, but no, no, but tell me why? So it becomes like this, okay, 
So therefore, I'm not going to say anything because you're going to judge me. That's one. But the most important thing is, again, we go back to childhood. When we were young, the parent, our parents may have said, don't cry. Don't cry. Boys are not supposed to cry. You know, you become pansy if you cry or, you know, you're such a, uh, you know, uh, you're so stubborn. You're like this or like that, whatever it is. Again, judgment. And then we hold on to their judgment and we're like, oh, so it's bad to release emotions. It's not good. And then that goes on into our adulthood, our adult life. And we just don't know because this is not something that we're trained to do, but this is essential again, very essential. If you want to have a good, healthy life, because if not, this is where disease starts. So a lot to do with just being scared of being judged. Obviously there's some shame there as well. Isn't there just There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame because again, it's like, why would, why would you feel that way? Or, the most important thing is, here's the thing, you're afraid of other people judging you, but I, I invite you to ask yourself this question. Are you sure you're not judging yourself? Because most of the time we are judging ourselves. Where does the self-judgment come from? Is that also from, from, your, from your childhood? Yeah, 99.9% is childhood. But... Um, when you're aware, you can change things when you're aware. You can change something you're not oblivious to. So, so when is one of the most important things to be aware. Yeah. And do something about it because many people are aware, but they don't do anything about it. And that's just sadder mm-hmm. that you're aware, but you read all these books, you listen to all these class. Fantastic. It's, you know, I salute you, but do something about it mm-hmm. because all that knowledge, you need to put it somewhere you need to do something about it Mm -hmm. and so that's why conversations like this need to happen we need to talk about the hard stuff because we're trying to get it out build a community and it's okay to not be okay Mm -hmm. right yeah we need to keep telling ourselves that it's okay to just breathe it's okay to pause it's okay to not be okay the most important thing is that i love and accept myself and i treat myself with kindness start start there and then we'll see, we'll progress, mm. but really make this effort of loving yourself. And that's why people should come to you, isn't it, Sups? So they can delve a bit deeper and understand more about themselves. Well, if they want to, anytime. <laughs> How do people contact you? How do people find you? I know you do stuff over Zoom as well, don't you? Like we're doing now, like sessions yeah. and stuff. Um, they can find me on my Instagram, Inner Glow by Saps, okay. or they can message me on Facebook. Saps Utam, and uh, we'll take it from there. Great. I'll drop all your um, all your contacts in the section on the podcast, so people can contact you as well. But just want to say a massive, massive thank you to you for joining me. I know it's quite late there, so thank you so much, and a massive thank you to all of you for listening. And I will speak to you guys very, very soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you like what you heard, you can rate and review us and subscribe to get future episodes. If you want to learn more about me, you can find me on Instagram at IamRenuRavalia. Have a great day and I'll speak to you on the next episode. Bye.